it's easy to assume that you can hire a third-party property management company and they will do everything they're supposed to do. Unfortunately, that's not really how it works. That's why asset managers are in place. And that's why we have an asset management fee because we are actively working with a property management company. If you're a residential real estate agent earning $200,000 a year and you want to grow your passive income, this show's for you. Learn the secrets other agents use and hear from experts in our field in order to guide you along your journey to investing in assets like apartment communities so that you can turn your commissions into cash flow. I'm Randall DeCleared. Let's go, baby. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Agents Building Cash Flow. So glad to have you today. We're going to continue on our series where we're going over the questions you want to ask an operator or syndicator prior to investing in any syndication. Okay. So if you haven't heard the prior two episodes, be sure to go back and listen to those because we cover some of the basic stuff that you want to be asking. And then we're going to dig in a little bit more on some more detailed questions right now. Let's get it going. All right. So one big question you can ask, if you're looking for tax savings and tax benefits, you are going to want to ask if there will be a cost segregation study being performed on the asset. So depending on what type of asset class it is, if it's multifamily, storage facilities, industrial, that sort of thing, a cost segregation can help accelerate the depreciation that a project can uh, can obtain in year one. And especially right now, there's a thing called bonus depreciation that is 100% bonus depreciation of what's able to be charged to a deal or I guess the tax savings that could come from that deal. And so definitely ask your sponsor about this. Is there going to be a cost segregation performed on the asset because there are some tax benefits that you can receive as a limited partner investing in that deal. So good to know. Again, I'm not a CPA, but talk to your CPA about it. All right. So cost seg, remember that word, cost seg or cost segregation. Okay. So the next question is, when do you issue K-1s to equity investors? So K-1, it's a document for all the partners who invest in a deal. They will get a K-1 it's a, an IRS form that shows you your gains and losses from the investment. And so you want to know when the sponsor is going to be issuing those. There is a deadline, but sometimes you try to get it out early. Sometimes you are right on point. So just ask that question and find out the answer. Next question, how do you plan to manage cash flow? Again, this could be a fairly straightforward question, but when a property is producing free cash flow, then you need to know how that cash flow is going to be spent. Is it going to be distributed to you, the partner? Is it going to be distributed to a preferred equity balance? Is it going to be held as reserves in case something happens at the property and you need capital reserves? So just ask how the cash flows will be handled and get to know all that will be in the documents that you're looking at and signing, but just ask it up front. All right, moving on. Here we go. We got what third-party property manager are you hiring? That can be, if you're working with a sponsor that is vertically integrated, they may have in-house property management. So this question may not even apply. But if there is a third-party property manager, you want to know who they are. So you, just like anybody else on the team, you can look them up and figure out their experience level and what they bring to the table. So again, ask that and know who it is. And follow on to that is, have you ever worked with this property manager before? So it's a good question. You want to know how many assets that property manager has in the market as well. If it's their first asset in the market, that could be problematic. And if it's 
and I guess back to that question, if you've worked with them before, if the sponsors worked with them before, that is telling that they're being hired again, right? They're obviously managing the asset fairly well, filling it up, not keeping it vacant, turning the units, doing all the things that the property manager is there to do. And so if they're one-off, find out why it's the first time they're using them. Find out if there were troubles with the prior property managers and what the sponsor is doing to mitigate those problems going forward. What lessons did they learn? So all good questions to ask. Let's see. Have you worked with a regional overseeing this property before? Okay. This is still in the same line with the property management company. The regional would be the regional manager of the property management company. They typically oversee a number of assets in a given market or maybe multiple markets. And so it's good to know what kind of working relationship the sponsor has with this property management company or somebody on the sponsor's team who has the relationship. So good question to ask. All right. What are your plans to hold your on-site manager and or third-party property management company accountable? So a lot of property management questions here. So it's easy to assume that you can hire a third-party property management company and they will do everything they're supposed to do, stay on top of the leasing and everything's going to run smoothly. Unfortunately, that's not really how it works and that's not how it operates. That's why asset managers are in place and that's why we have an asset management fee because we are actively working with a property management company to ensure that the business plan is being implemented in a timely manner on budget. And we're making decisions in real time because we're looking at the cash flows, how the operations are actually going. So yeah, ask that question, know what the plans are to hold them accountable. All right. So typically for us, we have like a KPI, which is key performance indicators that we give our property management companies. These are the the metrics that we need you to hit in order for this thing to operate properly. And so that's just one way we get reports on a weekly basis. And even on a daily basis, we can look to see who's how many leads we're getting, how many people are leasing. And so we have access to all that data. So let's see, how is your accounting handled? Okay. So that's a good question. If there's a outsourced bookkeeper, if there's an in-house bookkeeper, if you are using a CPA that's handling all of it in-house, you know, explain to your limited partners how that's being handled. This show is sponsored by Ridgeline Investment Group. Ridgeline has a track record of transacting more than 53 million in assets throughout Texas. Ridgeline is currently looking to acquire 100 to 200 unit class B multifamily communities between five and 20 million in San Antonio, Temple, Waco, Tyler, and other secondary markets in Texas. To learn more about Ridgeline Investment Group, visit www.ridgelineig.com. That is a question on the accounting side. So follow on to that is what CPA firm are you working with? So if it's a local CPA, not nationwide, you know, are you working with a sponsor that has national reach? And if so, need to ask them how the CPA is handling the out-of-state assets that they may be acquiring and get to know their experience level. Okay. So those are a few questions about accounting. And then you obviously want to ask about the legal side as well. What law firm are you working with? So there's typically going to be several attorneys or lawyers that are involved in these transactions. The transactional attorney who is handling all the documents and the paperwork for actually getting the deal closed, the actual purchase sale agreement, reviewing the title docs, making sure that everything's in line with the operating agreement for the entities that are being set up, and really just the actual transaction side. And then there's a syndication 
firm typically that will handle any of the SEC filings or the, you know, the regulatory docs that are needed for the placement memorandum, the operating agreement for the limited partnership and all that. So find out who those attorneys are because it will be, it's good to know again, their level of experience. Okay. Here's a question about reporting. And this is a question that I've gotten a few times, like when and how often can I expect my financial reports? We have a, an investor portal that allows login at any time. You can go in and see how the investment is performing. And, and so that's one way. But we do typically when we take over an asset, we are having weekly calls when we first acquire it and weekly kind of like a webinar would just record something and say, hey, this is how it's performing. This is what we're seeing. Very quick, very short. And we just send that out to all of our partners. Once we get through the transition and the turnover, then we will change that to monthly. And as far as the financials go, we are striving to do distributions on a monthly basis so that you're getting reporting on a monthly basis as well. So that's kind of a follow-on. When do you do distributions? That's another question you should ask. So again, monthly, quarterly, or annually, typically the investors that we work with, we want to be paying out as often as possible, right? If it's a apartment complex that we are acquiring, then we want to be able to be making payments as soon as possible or distributions for your investment as soon as possible. We just find that for ourselves. If I'm investing in an asset, I want monthly distributions. So I would assume that you would as well. So ask that question. Is it monthly? Is it quarterly? How are you going to pay out as ACH, meaning direct to my account, or you're going to send me a check and I have to go to the bank and do all this? And so, you know, knowing that is good upfront. And then what's your communication policy with investors? You know, frequency and method. As I mentioned, we typically will do early on weekly and we focus on doing some sort of webinar where it's you can be invited to it so you can ask questions, but it is a short, hey, this is what we did. Here's our box score for the asset. Here's how many tenants applied. Here's how many actually moved in. Here's how many moved out. Boom, boom, boom. We'll go over that. Here's how the finances are working out. Here's how much we've spent on the budget so far, repaving the parking lot, all the different things that we're working on, but it's very short and concise. And then any questions you have. So 10 minute call, 15 minute call on a weekly basis. And then after that, we'll go into move into more of a monthly program where we're just sending out the distributions along with an update to the asset. Move away from the webinars necessarily. Here's a question you can ask and not sure what type of response you'll get, but it will be telling if the sponsor can communicate with you any failures or trouble they've had previously. So one thing you can ask is what will you do to communicate issues such as performances below expectations or delays in distributions and report issuance? So if things aren't going great, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, is the sponsor going to relay that to you? You want to know that, right? And so one way you can do this in a roundabout way is simply saying, without even asking that, you can say, on a prior deal, tell me about some of the issues that you had and how did you handle it with your investors? And then that's a better way, I think, to phrase that question just because going forward in the future, you don't know how they're going to respond. You need to know how they have responded in the past. And I guarantee you, there have been problems on deals and how do they handle it? What do they learn from it? Ask those questions. Okay. So those are some questions that you can think about when you are talking to sponsors on deals. And hopefully this has helped you get a little bit better insight on some of the things to expect with the syndication. And if you have any questions about these questions, these items, or you just want to chat with me, 
shoot me a comment and I'll be happy to have a further conversation with you about anything. Happy investing and we'll catch up with you soon. Surprisingly, most of the agents we speak with got into real estate hoping to gain passive income and become work optional. However, only one in five ever start investing. Most are simply too afraid to start. Once you get educated by listening to this show, you'll be able to overcome that fear and become the one in five who are finding financial freedom. Don't miss a single episode. If you want to stay up to date, the best way is to make sure you're subscribed. So if you haven't done that, go ahead and do it now. And we'll catch you on the next episode.